this trash can. Don't be throwing students at it. Come on. Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is a treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello and welcome back to Is This Still Good? The only podcast about things that are good, or sometimes they aren't, or sometimes there's a third thing. I'm a host, Sage. That was a host. I'm another host. I'm Gavin. And we have a third person today, a freelance filmmaker in L.A. who we both know from our time in the Bay. I make that sound like it's a penalty. Tyler Manzo coming from inside a haunted house. How's it going? Hey, man. Thank you. Beautiful intro. Doing okay. Holding up in quarantine the best I can mm-hmm. by watching old movies, specifically Clockstoppers. Yeah, just to give this a uh, star date, if you will, this is being recorded right at the beginning of March. We're still in quarantine. And uh, why'd you bring us Clockstoppers? uh clock stoppers is an interesting movie it's like nickelodeon was a studio making movies in the really early 2000s and it's just such a weird era from our childhood where they were making these movies they weren't sure if they were for adults or for children they were just trying to do whatever they could to try to make money And uh, the idea of having a movie starring basically, you know, people that were actors that were 35 years old playing high schoolers who discovered a magical watch that could stop time. Uh, Something about that speaks to me. I don't know. Uh, It's just such a beautiful part of early 2000s nostalgia. And something about it when I watched it makes me remember that that beautiful time when things were so simpler. I mean, everything's simple when you got a got a clock stoppers watch. Uh, oh yeah, you're you're a couple years younger than us, I think, two or three. So, how old are you when this movie comes out? Right, so I'm thirty. So never uh, mind, you're one year younger than us. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a <laughs> whole cares? entire year younger. Clock stoppers came out, I believe, in two thousand two. Correct. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do the math real quick. <laughs> Hold <laughs> for uh, log division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2020 minus 2002. It's 2020. Oh my God. I was 18 years old. <laughs> my nope, God. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. It was 18 years ago. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think actually I was 47 years old. I just did the new math. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you're like 11 or 12 or some shit. You know, I, was, I was young AF. I was a kid. Yeah, this movie came out in between, like, I think 6th and 7th grade for me. I don't think I'd entered yeah. a middle school yet. Uh, yeah. But in my mind, it's it's much earlier. And watching yeah. the movie, it seems like it came out earlier than 2002. Yeah, I, I remember that uh, I remember that time era very distinctly because 9-11 happened, and then Donnie Darko came out, and then Clockstoppers came out. And that's how I like to recollect about that time era. Those specific events in that movies. is that is a, a wild yeah <laughs> very specific timeline. The movie timeline also came out soon after. Fascinating. We've talked before. You moved around a lot as a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. I I moved all over the place. I was born in New Hampshire, moved to Massachusetts when I was a kid. Ended up 
moving out to California, lived in Walnut Creek, lived in Fairfield, lived in San Francisco, lived in Daly City, and finally moved out to where we live right now in Los Angeles in the beautiful, beautiful area of Echo Park, where uh, I constantly wish I didn't live here. So right. From training day. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's great. But yeah, I moved around a lot. I never had like one specific area where I lived in. And I right. think... That kind of gives me a little bit of inspiration when I'm thinking about scripts or writing something or coming up with a movie idea, because I, I really have had this, you know, I'm not sucking my own dick or anything, but I've had, I've had this experience where I've lived in so many different areas that I do. Um, I really want to make something that encapsulates that idea. Sort of like David Lynch grew up in um, Missoula, Montana. David Lynch is my, uh, my idol, my hero. I want to be like him and make movies that no one can understand. Mr. Lynch also famously a very big fan of Clockstoppers, unless I'm (laughs) wrong. He's been on the record constantly about it. I I believe that. I would believe that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can really see the influence in the new Twin Peaks. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm a David Lynch fan. Even I didn't like the new season of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I don't know who that that show's for. (laughs) But that's... That's for another time. So, which which of these towns, cities, whatever are you are you in when you see Clockstoppers for the first time? Um, so, I was probably living in Walnut Creek in California at the time that I saw it. I was a kid. I just moved across the country, just moved from New Hampshire to California, and I, I my family didn't have a lot of money, so I had to go to a ghetto school, and uh, I was getting beat up all the time by a bunch of kids. And I saw the movie Clockstoppers because I had the Nickelodeon channel, and that was really interesting to me. And the idea that I could stop time with a watch and get the girl and do all these amazing things, it was like the ultimate teenage male fantasy. It was like if you were a young male kid in the early 2000s, this movie was for you. You could stop time. You could get the hot girl. You could do everything you wanted to do and beat up the bullies. Repair a relationship with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was the ultimate male escape for a young man in that time. Real uh, wish fulfillment shit there. No, real that. wish fulfillment. <laughs> and at the end of the day, isn't all filmmaking just wish fulfillment? Maybe. I mean, maybe. So I'm, I am, I'm genuinely confused. You said you watched it on the on the Nickelodeon channel. Because I definitely saw this movie in theaters. No, I saw it in theaters, and I watched it on the Nickelodeon channel when it went to the channel. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, Nickelodeon movies, they they premiered on theater, and then they immediately got premiered on their channel like a couple weeks later. Wow. Yeah, which was hilarious. I hadn't realized that this was a Nickelodeon movie, but... uh... When I found that out, it was the least surprising fact I've learned in my entire life. <laughs> that was the era of like Slime Time Live when celebrities would do jokes and get slimed on yeah, TV. Yeah. yeah, so that was it's a it's a ritzy it's a kind of a ritzy era for Nick. Like this is this is stylish. This has some money behind it. It feels like right. And, uh, when when you so I'd never seen this movie before or heard of it, and I completely thought you guys were getting me to watch like a Disney original. <laughs> from like made for tv movie so no, my... this is this is nickelodeon <laughs> how dare oh you? yeah 
I'm just like my it expectations looks and were great. so low. <laughs> I was ready for like what is that Luck of the Irish movie with like the basketball playing leprechaun? It's called Luck of the Irish. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I still haven't seen and don't plan on it. Uh, but that was the level of quality I was expecting from this movie. <laughs> that sound you hear in the background is Tyler with the the largest <laughs> jar of water I've ever seen in my life. Look, I like to stay hydrated. Okay, like see, Gavin knows what's up. That's the size jar you would use uh, to store an amount of marijuana that would get you sent to prison forever in clock stoppers time. Uh, that's just how I drink water. I like to stay hydrated. What can I say? I mean, it requires some explanation. The explanation is I just like to drink water out of a really giant jug. I feel like the flow of the water is more efficient. Could be um, worse. You could have called Clockstoppers a Disney original movie. That's what well, I thought it go. was. Is that not the term I used? I'd kill myself if I said that. <laughs> and Gavin, you you so you've just seen the movie for the first time several minutes ago. Is that correct? <laughs> correct. Yes, I am fresh off of the first viewing in my life of Clockstoppers. What a what a treat! I I assume it might not be a treat. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I found an odd uh, correlation between Clockstoppers and the first National Treasure movie. Like, the pacing was almost identical. The car chase and the way that the characters are so one-dimensional, it was almost identical. I was truly impressed because I love the first National Treasure movie, too. So, it was perfect. I don't know. It's a, it's a product of its time in a very beautiful way. When you watch it, you think, God, it was so simple back then. It was so easy to make a movie. <laughs> Before we go into our our summary, just in case someone in the audience has not seen Clockstoppers, a, a Gavin type, if you will, I wanted to drop what I think is the most interesting thing about this movie. Gavin, do you know who directs this movie? I do not. Do you, Jesus Christ, Tyler. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> That's correct. This is... One of many things that has been directed by, uh, most famously, <clears throat> number two from Star Trek The Next Generation. Who, oh, that's who that yeah, is. Yeah, and he, he cameos in the movie, and there are more than one Star Trek jokes in this movie, which caught me way off guard. And that was also why I uh, I shoved in that very awkward star date at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, that was for... one of the most painful jokes in the movie for me, but now that I know... Yeah, the real genius behind it. I can appreciate. Yeah, no, that more. was that was the director sucking his own dick. Um, hey, you know yeah. exhibitionism. Jonathan Frakes directed uh, multiple Star Trek movies, and yeah, for this... him for him to have gone from like Star Trek Insurrection to directing Clockstoppers is hilarious <laughs> to me. Yeah, he directed most of. Move the next generation movies and has a prolific tv career i i haven't tallied it up but i'm gonna say he's directed over a hundred episodes of different things including all the recent star trek stuff like he did some episodes of picard and discovery and the orville which i would say counts absolutely i love orville yeah not a lot of not a lot of non-star trek movies i think it might just be might just be clock stoppers, but uh, because he did, you know, first contacted Insurrection, this might not be the last uh, Jonathan Frank's movie we cover on this podcast, which is... And First Contact is the best Star Trek movie ever made. 
in my humble opinion. So, uh, I haven't seen all of them. That was going to be a quarantine project was going through and watching like the original 10. Um, I've seen some good ones. I've seen some bad ones, but they all need to be reevaluated. I'm really interested in checking out Star Trek Generations, which everyone hates. I oh, know. It's so bad. It's but it's so also, bad. it is probably the first movie crossover between two TV shows. So, like, that's a lot of historical significance. And a large amount of studio fuckery, which is what we love to talk about on this show. I think the only one I've seen is Nemesis, which uh, I remember going as, like, a birthday party crew. So there's, like, 20 of us in the theater for it. And everyone else had seen Star Trek movies, I'm assuming, and no one else looked happy on the way out. So I, I just didn't know what to feel. Nemesis yeah. was so depressing. <laughs> it's just, I hate that movie. It's not good. That's a shame. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Gavin. That's good if, podcasting. I don't want oh, to yeah. necessarily volunteer you, uh, but we have a section now where the person with the, the, the least amount of awareness of the property uh, gives a brief summary so everyone knows what the hell's going on with clock stoppers. That's definitely sure. you. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll give it a shot. I'm down. All right. Time on the clock. Just kidding. There's no time. You have as much clock time as you'd like. Clocks aren't even real. Go. All right. I'm pushing the freeze button. Here I go. Uh, cool kid on a BMX bike riding around. He wants to buy a cool car. His dad says no, because his dad's a science teacher. Doesn't have time for him because he's too invested in his work and his students. But as he's trying to find more shit to sell on eBay, he takes this watch that he finds in the basement and is hitting on this girl who's new in school. And she's like, no. And then he's like, but please? And so then they hang out at her house. They're doing yard work because that's flirtatious and interesting. And then he pushes his watch and comes across a possum in the yard, which he accidentally realizes is not frozen. Or wait, he thinks it's dead. And goes in to show her that he's found a dead possum in her yard, because that's, again, like, dating 101. When time unfreezes, he drops a possum and has to get the girl back. Now they realize that they can freeze time and go on adventures together. But wait, there are evil scientists who are trying to take down his dad and former student who have stolen the watch, but the government's after them. All this to say, hijinks ensue. They stop time terrorists, go out on a second date, I think is how the movie ends. Oh, wait, and then they run from the cops because cars still work when time is frozen. Yeah, if I learned anything from this movie, <laughs> excellent job, A-plus as always. It's that uh, science is really, like, whatever you imagine it to be. It's only uh, it's only limited by your will, I suppose, in a sort of Green Lantern situation. That's sure, the Green Lantern science, got it. Yeah, yeah. stuffers. If I learned anything from watching Tenet, I realized that time has no meaning, and you can drive a car any direction regardless of how time works. Uh, because that's how time exists in our uh, lifetime. I will say, science-wise, that was the only time I was really like, okay, really? <laughs> the, car, the cars move in fast-forward? That's not a mechanical thing. That that gas in the in the engine isn't exploding any faster. <laughs> well, it's it's inverted. The the science of this movie, I would like to to talk about that for a while. 
how how invested in the movie are you? Can you can you forgive what is probably the worst depiction <laughs> of of consistent? It's it's just the worst consistency I've ever seen for for a high concept <laughs> idea in a movie. You think? I mean, to be honest, it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, the like I said, I, the only pause was when they drove cars faster. Um, everything else, I was like, fine. Maybe the the break dancing thing was a little silly. That everyone just accepts the fact that a man can uh, DJ while doing a handstand on both records, and the record players just work fine. <laughs> so that was that's where it started to break down for me because I'm very I'm very fine with the idea that. You you could go fast and no one could see you and you can affect change in the world. And then you get to a DJ sequence where they are helping their friend who is just laughably bad at just spinning records, has no rhythm. And also this DJ contest is involved with a lot. It just has a lot of silly dancing that makes the crowd go wild. I don't understand. I don't believe it's this a, is something that's, that happened that's in That's probably the most painful scene in the movie. Of, it's not very many. Bad. Yeah. Uh, but that was also just like looking back at that time and era was a little uncomfortable. Like crimped hair was a choice like that. I don't understand to this day. Another, uh, um, every good movie should end in a musical scene. That's why the, the 2002 rat race movie ended with mm-hmm. the smash mouth musical concert, because that's how all movies should end with a smash mouth concert. I mean, this movie does end with a smash mouth song if i remember correctly it starts with blink 182 it has multiple blink 182 songs uh yep. scapegoat wax just just like a honestly a pretty killer soundtrack um not necessarily meaning songs i like but important songs for the era but this dj contest uh they... less important music in in, in this scene I would yes argue. <laughs> less important <laughs> They are making a person dance by by moving him in what is called hypertime. And as these characters are in hypertime, they are they are making him dance and it shows up as normal cool dancing even though it looks silly as hell and should make them laugh more. Uh instead of making him basically just move at hyperspeed, as an audience member, I felt really fucking insulted. <laughs> I don't There's know how else to say it. Where they move his neck, like, to the side, and I was just, yeah, like, dead. picturing that going wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, super fast neck crack. Yeah. There are multiple things they do in hypertype <laughs> that would kill people. There's also things they'll they'll interact with objects in, in their mm-hmm. universe, and... Um, It'll 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 go briefly, like they'll they'll knock some paper off of a desk and it'll go like right. three feet and then stop and then start and going slow slowly. Down. That doesn't bother me. That's Looks a cool, cool effect. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um one thing about hypertime in this movie that made me like this movie less than I wanted to is everything in hypertime just sounds super echoey and distant like they hit one filter on the soundtrack and that's it i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think the way that they used time travel in clock stoppers was better than christopher nolan did it in interstellar you can fight me about that that's how i, I mean only one of those <laughs> is time travel so i don't know what point you're making 
I guess I'm trying to make the point that Interstellar was a terrible movie and Clockstoppers is a good way to show time travel existing. There's no time travel in Clockstoppers. I mean, there's forward time movement. <laughs> every movie has forward time movements. <laughs> well, then I guess every movie is a time travel movie. Sage, calm well, down. Well, you got me there. <laughs> I can't. In Interstellar, they stop time with the power of love. In Clockstoppers, they stop time with the power of an amazing watch that can do science. So it does science, yeah. It does science. It sciences the hell out of things. <laughs> I want one. So I'm just saying. So much of this movie takes place in hypertime that the choice to just make it sound shitty while they're in hypertime is baffling. Oh, I liked it. I, I thought that was great. It's like a like, quarter of the movie yeah. that like everything sounds gets really quiet and reverby, and it's yeah. just it's dull. It's when time is slow. Sound moves differently, Sage. If you knew anything about sound, you'd understand. See, this is another example of camera department not caring about sound. Oh, wow. Okay. You're going to blame camera department. I'm going to throw down right now. It usually works. It's totally our fault. No, this is three years after The Matrix came out, and that slow-mo effect where it makes it look like bullet time. I actually really like that. I'm like, this is a kid's movie, and they're doing this slow-mo bullet time effect. I really like the scene when he has, like, the water gun, like, the in the garden, and he's spraying it, and, like, all of a sudden it goes to the water, and he brushes the water aside. And I was like, all right, this yeah. is some Matrix-level effects. You know, for a kid's movie, that was pretty good in 2002. That was pretty cool. Moving the bee was really cute. Yes. Like when he's like, there's a, the bee is like, whoa, no, everything's not frozen. It's just moving very slowly. Let me touch this bee <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> right? That was advanced for, for kids in it that looks era. pretty good. Like, there's it only does. a few times where I'm just like, mm, that, that one could have looked a little bit better, but I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, when I when I do complain about some of the effects in this podcast, like keep in mind the majority of them worked pretty good for a Nickelodeon movie for two thousand two. Yeah, really. Like, there's a lot I'm not complaining about in this movie. Which I mean, I want to get into that for just a second because I I just do not I was not fully aware of this kind of scene is the Nickelodeon movies of that era. So I remember they've got Good Burger, right? Good Burger is a thing. Good Burger exists. There's another Kenyon and Kel movie called Two Heads Are Better Than None that I remember where it's Kenyon and Kel versus the Headless Horseman. There was a change in quality between those two movies, and I don't know what the average is for a Nickelodeon movie at that time. Okay. Do like, you, like, I haven't seen any of these movies. I'm just loosely aware of Kenan and Kel, and I have watched some episodes, but I haven't even seen Good Burger, which oh, okay. is a crime. Uh, we should cover it. That's the one. You've never seen Good Burger. Jesus. That's a classic. That's a Nickelodeon classic. Well, Gavin had never seen Clockstoppers. <laughs> well, I, I'd say fair? Good Burger is a, a is a more classic of the millennial generation than Clockstoppers is. All right. I'm not going to argue you, with that. That sounds right. What were Nickelodeon films at this time? Because I'm trying to, like, I remember I have a space in my head for MTV films and, Let's like, see. Disney movies. But what were Nickelodeon movies doing at this time? Like, you said they came out in theaters and then went to TV pretty fast. There, there wasn't a lot. Um, Which one's there, Agent Cody Banks? Who made that? There was a Fairly Odd Parents movie with Drake Bell. That had to be later, right? Is that this Yeah, era? That, was, that was later. There, and, of course, Good Burger was the classic one. I think, honestly, right. uh, Nacho Libre was technically a, a Nickelodeon film. Oh, well, that's and, my least favorite movie I've ever seen in theaters. 
Really? And yeah. then, of course, Hey Arnold, the movie. Right. Was this kind of a different thing? Like, was Clockstoppers not part of, like, a slew of films? Yeah, I kind of feel like Nickelodeon was like, hey, we do cartoons, we do silly things for kids, but what if we did something really high concept? A time travel movie. And they did it. <laughs> and, and of course, it was ridiculous, but that's why it's funny. And to peek ahead, do you get, did this do well? Was this a... Uh, you know what? Let me Google that real quick. <laughs> I can <laughs> I actually uh, don't know. I assume not. I can tell you from uh, critically no. <laughs> well, uh, all that I matters was, is how much money it made. I so well, I'm gonna guess not too minute much, just because like we would have gotten multiple Clockstoppers movies if this was a hit. Would we? Do you see Samuel Nonsense. Jackson showing up at the end of this and being like, hey. Let me tell you about the Clockstoppers initiative. <laughs> okay, so according to Wikipedia, the film grossed $38.8 million against a budget of $26 million. So it wasn't a huge success, but it did make money. So I mean, it didn't bankrupt Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon failed for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All those Hey Arnold movies. It's something we actually covered on the podcast. I like that film. So, what was your fa- what was your guys' favorite slow mo moment? Hmm. Slow moment. I love the slow mo moment when they have the garden hose and he moves yeah. the water beads apart. I know I already mentioned that, but I like my favorite when he brings a dead possum into the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and then hyper time stops and the possum freaks the hell out of that Venezuelan girl. <laughs> What what was he thinking? Just bringing a dead possum into a kitchen? Yeah, with like which reality is that a good idea? It's like I found your problem. It's this dead possum. Yeah, hey girl, I think is cute. Check out this thing I found. Well, you know, <laughs> d- dating in the early two thousands was very difficult, especially as a teenager. It was, especially when you're a thirty five year old that uh, is trying to play an eighteen year old. It's very difficult to date in that age. That's that's an uh, exaggeration, but yes, they are in their mid twenties. In fact, the girl is twenty six. My my favorite moment, I think, was uh, at the very end when everything is fixed. His dad helped him buy a Mustang. He gets in the car, and I'm to myself thinking, like, guys, put on seatbelts. And the mom says, like, buckle up. And then they just step on the gas, immediately run a stop sign, and then hit the clock watch to outrun the cops that are chasing them. Sure. And that's how this movie ends, is they just go on the run from cops for no reason. (laughs) I mean, if you have that sort of, let's call it, absolute power. (laughs) And their their parents are watching that. Yeah, but, like, (laughs) they just saw their kids disappear. uh, Silly kids. Yeah. (laughs) But also, you know, defund the police. No problems. (laughs) (laughs) I, I also, like, admittedly... This still looks normal to me when I look at, like, high school movies. Mm-hmm. I still think people in high school should look like they're in their early 30s. That's just something that's been baked into my mind since, like, Spider-Man. Okay. And I, I probably stuff before that, but, like... Yeah. Toby McGuire always looks <laughs> like Toby McGuire is a teenager. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. This is also a movie that has people in their, like, late 20s or early 30s aged up because they've been living in hypertime, and all that means is, like, their eyebrows are white. <laughs> so, like, it's very hard to tell yeah. how old anyone is in this movie or really how old they're supposed to be. I kind of had the opposite thing, because while Jesse Bradford and uh, I didn't memorize the, the girl's name, um, like, are very clearly, like, in their 20s playing high schoolers. Like, I recognize them from later things. Like, Jesse Bradford's one of those actors who's just 
been around in the background. He's technically part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, back when they were doing the series of one shots. And I thought he was going to like show up in later movies or, or TV shows or anything. He's, or is he just himself? He is, no. Although I will say, when you click on HBO to watch Clock Stoppers, the description says, Teenager Jesse Bradford, because that's how little of a shit HBO gives about this movie. <laughs> they also said it was his dad's invention, which it's also not. <laughs> I think that's less of a crime than just calling the character the actor's name in the official description when you click I, on it. I legitimately did until this moment. I thought that was the character's name, and uh... all right. So there's a there's a series of Marvel one shots that used to accompany it, like the the Blu-rays for oh, Phase yeah, One yeah, and yeah. Phase Two. They had like a like a short film where it's Agent Coulson stopping a bank robbery, or like Robert or people talking about sending Robert Downey Jr. in during the Hulk. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. You've got one where Ben Thor's Kingsley. Roommate. Yeah, you've got a couple of those where it's just Thor hanging out with Daryl. I think. Um, there's one where Ben Kingsley is just hanging out in prison and Sam Rockwell shows up, but there's another one where Jesse Bradford and Lizzie Kaplan play like some low-key criminals who have found, uh, some technology from the Chitauri invasion in the first Avengers and, uh, they like hook it up together and because they're so good at like engineering and using it for crime, they get drafted by maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. I think he's technically a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in the Marvel Universe. It's a cool little short, um... But I've seen him in, like, little things so mm-hmm. often that he's just, like, a normal actor to me. And if you never recognize him from anything, I would completely believe that as well. But he's just a person are... who's been around. Yeah, there are a lot of faces I recognize in this movie that I could not place. Like, it took me forever to uh, get the guy from Third Rock from the Sun to realize where, what he was from. Right. But to be fair... I love I... him. I can't believe he's in, not in more things. Right. I feel like I've only seen him in Third Rock from the Sun and this. Like, in my mind, he's the guy from Clock Stoppers who also has this other thing. And I, I couldn't place the the villain. Sorry, did you have something you wanted to go on? No. Uh, the villain, that's what I wanted to talk about, is uh, Michael Bean. Like, that's James Cameron's Michael Bean. That's Kyle Reese. That's, um... Oh. Yeah. Like I could, I could pull it up really quickly, but like he's in the Terminator, he's in the Aliens, he's in Planet Terror. He was just in the Mandalorian. Like he's still acting. It's uh, Michael Bean. He's amazing. He's great. Yeah. yeah, he's great. This is a better example because we just covered three ninjas, and that villain is literally bad at nothing else. Uh, <laughs> not totally dissimilar movies. <laughs> I wanted to ask if you guys had the Clockstoppers watch, what would be the <laughs> If what if you could do one thing, if you had that watch, what would you do? Like you could do anything with with the powers of that watch. What would you do? So that's that's a crazy thing because like it's it's different than if you're the Flash because if you're the Flash, you could do things very quickly <laughs> to you. <laughs> like you're still moving very quickly. I think so. Like I'd use. My my first impulse is always like, well, I'd just move around more and I'd have more time. Like I could I could hit a clock stopper's watch and then boom, I'm in New York. But even if you could get cars to work, like no, in reality, that's still taking me several days to get to New York. It's convenient for other line, people, but I'm cut know. the line at Intelligentsia and get there really fast and move as fast as a bumblebee. Yeah, yeah, something. 
I don't know. I guess I could use that clock stoppers to watch too, like uh, to steal equipment from military bases that would make me move faster. And then it's a multi-step thing. Here's the thing. This is far from the first time I have asked the question, what would I do with a clock stoppers watch? And when I was much younger, uh, I will not even repeat some of those answers because they disgust me as an adult. <laughs> and they even joke in this in this movie is like, all right, let's go over to this girl's house because she has a sleepover. And you know they all get naked. There's some uncomfortable stuff in this movie. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that that's not going to be a real answer that a high schooler or a junior high student has because, like, that was a real answer I had in junior high. But, like, the movie doesn't need to do that the movie doesn't need to literally ask that question i mean how cool would it did it feel to be a high school student in 2002 and you thought you had a watch that could freeze time you thought you could get with any girl you wanted yeah and then like (laughs) years later you realize that oh there are there are many consent issues (laughs) there (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, like, I guess using it to impress there. people is one option. Yeah. No, that's, that's less creepy. That but... is what I think. Like, this whole movie is a first date. And is what? This whole movie is a first date oh, a first between date. those yeah, two yeah. people. And uh, part of me thinks, like, well, it's all moving a little a little quick. Uh, but also, it's also what's moving more... so slow. <laughs> <laughs> what is more impressive than, like, oh, we're in hyper time now. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> And that's how it goes yeah. from, like, I'm barely going to give you the time of day. Oh, I did what I, I wrote that down, and I talked about it. Because my actual favorite moment of this movie is absolutely the scene where she is rock climbing, and Jesse Bradford just walks up and says, like, hey, do you have the time? And they play that, that it off good. as yeah. if that's terrible. Here's the thing. I go to the rock gym all the time. I have used that line so many times because there's nothing funnier to me than asking somebody who doesn't have use of their hands in an era where no one wears wristwatches what time it is. They always laugh, sometimes at me, but they always laugh. So pro tip, uh, best pickup line from any movie, Clockstoppers 2002. I really like that moment when... um... She loans him her brother's BMW to drive down to save his dad. <laughs> yes. And then gets in the car and he's like, what are you doing? I don't want to endanger you. And she's like, you raked my leaves. <laughs> I, I I can't abandon you now. Yeah. We and are then, bonded under Venezuelan law. <laughs> and I was just like, wait a second. I mean, he dropped a possum in your, in your kitchen. Like, it, 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 you're even. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know if I actually answered the question of what I would do with a clock stopper swatch. Gavin, do you have a creative idea? Man, I got, like, I don't know. I guess chores. Like, <laughs> and be able to, like, I feel like chores just eat up all of my day and to actually get them done and have a day without them would feel really good. I know. But dishes isn't, isn't probably the answer that you wanted to hear. Well, I know that, that I mean, I, I completely relate, especially when it's just like, oh, I have to leave, but I actually have all this stuff that needs to do. Uh, the, clock, the clock stoppers watch in the movie is more of a magic device. And in my yeah. head, like, I think of the practical applications is like, you couldn't use a clock stoppers watch 
and watch a movie. <laughs> no. Like, in time to talk but about it But you also couldn't do that and drive a car, so who knows? Maybe if you hold the remote while you press would, the watch, it works. How would I media work? There's even one, I think they hotwire a car while they're in, while they're out of hypertype, yeah. mm-hmm. while they're in mm-hmm. hypertype, and it's just yep. like, no, you can move those wires around, but the spark would still happen at normal time. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it would take an hour for the engine to just... <laughs> And when you ask this question during quarantine, like, I don't even have ideas of things that I could do. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I would use it in emergency situations. Like, oh, no, my car is broken, but I have to get to work. (laughs) Well, that's when you learn, you use it to learn how to, like, do BMX tricks on your way to work. That's a part of this movie I very much enjoy is when it turns. I love any time a a movie involves bike fighting. No, this movie, like, there's a few times I'm just like, oh, so this is a paintball movie. Sure, why not? Let's let's have a paintball movie, too, in the middle of this. Well, they had to work Oh, this is a BMX to... stunt yeah. movie. Sure, whatever. There's a few quintessential things that every movie from 2002 has to have. It has to have a paintball scene. It has to have a jet ski scene. It has to have People all these things fight. that were essential to existing in 2002. Laser tag, even. That's just how it was back then. See, if he played laser tag, he could outrun the lasers. Exactly. That would be... Well, no. Wait, I mean, is he the only one... See, like, is that your... If you have a clock stopper watch, you just get to, like, cheat at laser tag? (laughs) (laughs) That would be the lamest thing. (laughs) That would be the first thing I did. That's all I want to achieve with a clock stopper's watch, is just to cheat at laser tag. Nothing else. I'd use it to cheat at DJing myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would I would need a lot of time to like really do the math on what is possible to properly answer the question. But did you have an answer prepared, Tyler? Oh, what would I do if I had the actual clock stopper's watch? Yeah. Um that cheap looking watch that uh stops time. Yeah, like a like a 2002 watch that only plays Smash Mouth music videos. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would. I think I would just use it to hang out with Smash Mouth and Slow Mo, and chill out while we were filming videos, and just hang out and have a great big 2002 party. That's probably so you, what I do. You use it to sneak backstage at a Smash Mouth concert. <laughs> oh yeah, just like in the Sick. end of Rat Race. Oh, <laughs> that's all I wanted to. I want to recreate the ending of Rat Race. Yeah, no, okay, so this is my honest answer, is I would rob banks. <laughs> like, I don't, and I, that, that's an answer I don't but feel also, bad like, about. But also, why the would you really need the money? You not... could steal anything else, too. See, that's why I chose to just have a nice musical experience. It's not about the money for me. You can't it's put just... a price on hanging out with Smash Mouth, see? There's things you can't carry. <laughs> exactly. And, like, you do need to buy plane tickets i know your next thing is just like you could just walk there but i'm like i can't walk to europe <laughs> yeah you can or you, could, you, well, you can oh you i can guess you could in clock stop he rides a bike, bike on water sir he does <laughs> he rides a bike on water <laughs> but yeah i'd rob banks <laughs> i'd pull a jumper I, I i'll admit that i would not want to walk to europe because I'm sure it would, like, yeah. you get really hungry. You'd have to stop so many times. The bathroom breaks Where would, would you all stop? Add up. Also, like, if you're in hypertypes and your molecules are accelerated, is it, is it like, the flash rules where you have to you have to eat, like, five times your body weight a day? <laughs> just bring in multiple pizzas? Yeah. I, I guess, you, yeah, you just, like, 
just doing McDonald's drive-throughs constantly, just like running through and grabbing While you're walking sandwiches to your... out of the hands of like people who are like getting them handed to them. Oh, you could run until you find like a cruise ship or a boat, and then raid it, and then like run to the next one. We're talking like no, it's going to take like a month to that. It's <laughs> He's moving take really multiple fast. Multiple months. He's to... moving very fast. Hey Siri, how long does it take to bike to Europe? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but that clock stoppers watch that actually works underwater. That's how advanced it is. It doesn't. You can't get it wet. No, <laughs> there are very clear rules. It does look like a diving watch, though. So that's a that is an interesting choice. You know, I'm disappointed when they set up like you can't get it wet, and it it's just means nothing. It doesn't work. I thought he was going to have to just randomly go in and out of hypertime. Yeah. Now you're stuck in hypertime. You have to figure out how to get out. Well, I guess that's Ant Man on the Wasp. So I can take yeah, which I can I, take my I can take my nine hundred dollar Apple Watch underwater, but I can't take my free Time Stopper watch underwater. That seems like a design flaw. I'm a little yeah. upset about that. Well, you know, some hoverboards can can work on water and some can't. <laughs> Speaking of Apple, by the way, did you all notice the uh, iBook product placement? I could not no. get over that in the villain's lair. Like, the villain's lair, like, is run on Apple computers. And they have, like, you know, because that was the era of, like, my family, actually, I remember getting that, like, the iMac that's, like, blue and see-through. And I was, like, so, like, this is rad. This is, like, the fucking coolest computer ever. Um, and they've got, like, that really goofy looking. It looks like a like a makeup compact kit that opens up. But it's, like, blue and white and see-through and says iBook. Anyway, it was super charming to see that. I didn't catch that because there's product placements in this movie that like just don't, are for things that aren't relevant to our life anymore. Also, at one point in this movie, they they talk about going to Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> or no, they can't get the they can't get the components they need to fix their wet clock stopper. That's and the official name of the watch. I that's assume. the real reason Radio Shack went out of business. They can't get it from Radio like... Shack. Yeah, they couldn't like. They couldn't start clocks. You heard it here first. We're breaking this news. Radio Shack <laughs> went out of business because of clock stoppers. I dare yeah. anyone to prove me otherwise. I assume that's why Fries just went out of business. Oh, poor Fries. I actually did like Fries. Well, honestly, as like film people in Los Angeles, like that is that does present more logistical problems because like I get a lot of small things from Fries. <laughs> A lot of, like, card readers and batteries and just, I don't know. So, like, all these cables that I needed. Amazon's all where I get all my cables and little bits from. Right, but I can't, here's the thing. Yeah, no, most of those things I can still get from Amazon, but I can't literally get them in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not the biggest problem in the world, but, like, I was bummed when Radio Shack went out of business for the same reason. There's some specific audio cables, like quarter inch to xlr i'm not going to get too deep inside baseball for sound speak but like basic stuff that radio shack would always have they had all the adapters which was definitely handy yeah and you know like a problem that i keep finding myself in too has y'all ever been kidnapped by a garbage truck <laughs> they didn't there's so many times where they don't use their clock stopper watch to get out of jail <laughs> I, I I was just that scene took me by. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that took me by surprise, but that was yeah. probably the biggest one where it's like, wow, this garbage structure is backing up into a weird place. Yeah, are they just gonna wait till the garbage truck? Takes oh my it god, it's closing around us. No, that never happens. They never like compact the garbage, but you would expect that to be. I a just problem. meant the claw part. Like, how does that? <laughs> you just make yourself skinny. 
Right. No, they. I don't think it. <laughs> I. Do, I think those claws will only go to the garbage can size. Yeah, the the the, the width of a garbage can. Uh, I think if there's two people together and you still manage to sneak up on them in a garbage truck, <laughs> <laughs> that like it will not be the perfect amount to uh, to hold them. Once again, the science in this movie flawless. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm nitpicking about <laughs> clock stopper. You know what? I didn't even need to take uh, physics classes in high school and college. Everything I learned about physics came from this movie. Solid. You that explains be... the math you tried to do 30 minutes ago. <laughs> it teaches you everything you need to know about space and the t- space-time continuum. You know, <laughs> solid science all the way through that movie. Very well researched. All right, that's a take. <laughs> Building blocks of the universe. Green slime. <laughs> I just want to shout out one more line where it's just like, so at the end, the thing I didn't kind of say is that they're being trapped in a hypertime capsule by the villains. And if they stay in there too long, they'll age, which, you know, getting old sucks guys. You, right. You become less radical, like whatever, not worth it. I wake up and my uh, back hurts. Like when I don't even do anything the day before. Yeah. Don't get old kids. <laughs> so he has to go into hypertime while he's already in hypertime, which is like hypertime cubed or squared or whatever. But like the two main henchmen come in and see him moving super fast in super fast time and they leave go back to the main boss and one of them goes yo we got a problem the kid's doing something freaky and that line just took me off uh by surprise because that was just hilarious (laughs) (laughs) some good writing Um, i'm really really happy you guys showed me this movie because of that Uh, you know that was what lynched it for me (laughs) it's a classic final villain line (laughs) before you guys go this guy's doing something freaky (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i do quote that constantly and i didn't realize that that's what this was from i was quoting something from a movie that i i couldn't remember the source said source amnesia for so long there are multiple things in this movie that like it is worth watching this movie just for that like the villain <laughs> even like when they're, they're trapped in the time thing and they're like trying to like break out and he just walks over and he's like I- i'm sorry i can't hear you like you guys are in a you guys are in a thing, I can't hear you through the glass. I don't know what to do. I, I'm really sorry about this. It's, it's you know, I... he's just being a dick. <laughs> you can hear them, is what I thought. While they're being attacked yeah. by the government, <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna take time to fuck with this kid. <laughs> you know what I've realized? This is basically, uh, this is the children's version of Enemy of the State. That's what this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I really... think I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Enemy of the State? I think we're all going to be okay with this, right? It's not Good Burger. Everybody stop the podcast now. Yeah. yeah. Classic cultural touchstone that to be of the state that gets talked about on every episode. Exactly. an original enemy of the state. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right, like that time in enemy of the state. When Will, Will Smith gets slimed during that slime time live scene. Yeah. Classic Nickelodeon. I do wish... Um, I do wish more people got slimed in things. Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp is actually a movie that I watched this morning because for some reason I had a hankering for that. And, like, it's got a lot of things that I want from Clock Stoppers that it didn't do. Uh, but also, no one gets slimed. It's got a character that phases. It's got some, some time distillation nonsense in the, in the quantum realm. 
Um, I think that is uh, our our Clockstoppers remake. <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been my most annoying thing lately. I've been noticing with movies, there's a significant lack of movies where people get slimed, and I'm just feeling like kids these days are losing out on a cultural monument of our early life and youth. It's a damn shame. Did any of you get to see those uh, those NFL games that Nickelodeon broadcasted? Do I have that right? I, I heard about it, but no, I missed them. What was so I special mean, about them? It's not going to live up to what I have in my mind. I think it was just like, no, Nickelodeon broadcasted some, some football games and write into stillgoodpod at gmail.com if I'm wrong. Uh, and like the the Chirons are bright orange, and there's like wacky commenters. I don't think anyone gets slimed in the field. So. <laughs> I think it's just what they could do in post. But uh, I'd watch football if Nickelodeon did it. They put the aggro crag in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have some of those uh, Easter Island. Ha- was was Legend of the Hidden Temple Nickelodeon, or was that a different? Channel? It was, yeah, Olmec. Okay, yeah. Have some uh, Moai running about the field. <laughs> Put every fifth person in a Moai suit that they can't see out of. Uh, it sounds like we're ready for, for our final judgments. Let's go. Gavin, if we had established some, let's say, three... Well... If you can explain it to our audience and to Tyler. Yeah, I, I'd say that, you know, if we worked on a three-tier system, it might still be good. It might be better as a memory. Or it might be something that you uh, you get wet and uh, it stops functioning as a time-traveling watch in terms of mo- movie discussion, if that's a criteria that works for you. Yeah, is it better as a memory or is it something we should never speak of again? All right, so so to clarify, it's is it still good, is it better as a memory, or did it get wet? <laughs> yeah, I think I was pretty clear. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep that for other episodes. That works for Gremlins <laughs> if we do that. <laughs> did it get wet? <laughs> That just well, I mean, in Gremlins, you want more of it, so yes, you get it wet. Yeah. All right, Tyler, how do you <laughs> feel about this movie having having seen it? Yeah, it wouldn't work for Gremlins. <laughs> I, if I had to describe this movie, I would consider it like uh, the 2002 version of National Treasure for children. So I don't think I don't know if it's a good movie, but damn it, it's entertaining, and those slow mo effects are awesome. It was definitely worth a rewatch. Um, I'll probably not rewatch it again for another 10 years though. So I don't know if it's still good or not. It's okay. It's okay. It's better than most movies made for kids in that time era. I feel like to, to, to go into our criteria a little bit, cause this is an interesting discussion that we don't go into too deep, but like the better is a memory to me means that you don't want to rewatch it ever, <laughs> but like, it's fun to think about. And okay. still good. Like if it's worth watching again in ten years, I'd I'd say that's a still good to me. I mean, yeah. maybe it's going through the same experience again. Like revisiting was kind of nice, but like it's not as good as you remember. Okay, <laughs> which is where I'm gonna I'm gonna fall on it because uh, I didn't have any problems with this the first time around when I was twelve, except for the DJ scene. I remember being pissed off by that. 18 years it's, ago or whatever it, that that is the most painful scene in this movie it's dumb that character like there doesn't need to be a best friend character in this movie at all if i'm being honest i remember it being like a three-parter movie and uh and then their 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 best friend is like at the beginning telling him it just like being horny all the time and reading like magazines with with pretty women on him uh and he shows up 
for one seed, and they reveal the biggest secret in this universe, and then it just disappears for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Like, that doesn't need to be in this at all. Uh, and it's stuff like that that, like, makes me put it better, better as a memory. I have a good time. I did not enjoy it nearly as much as I did the first time, and that's what that criterion means to me. Wow. So now that we've gotten all sorts of conflicting viewpoints on this, Tyler. Yeah, I would say um, it wasn't as big of a disappointment as uh, Master of Disguise with Dana Carvey or Kung Pao with Steve Odenkirk, two of my favorite movies from when I was a kid that did not hold up whatsoever as an adult. So I will say compared to those, it was better. But yeah, it definitely, it's a product of its time. But that said... A movie made for kids that's about stopping time and dealing with, like, crazy scientists. You know, that was pretty next level for that time era. And for kids like me, millennials like me, that were, like, like 10 or 12 when it came out, like, to see a movie where, you know, people were stopping time with a watch, it blew our little minds when we were kids, and it was really cool. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anything, like, particularly offensive about it, like a lot of movies from that era. There's a lot of movies that were made in that era that have a lot of, like, stereotypes that are really awkward to watch now. But mm-hmm. overall, I felt like, yeah, it was a pretty fun movie. Is it good? No, not at all. But was it a good, fun romp for a kid that was growing up in the early 2000s? Yeah, I'd say it was. I... I... Yeah, I guess my criteria is a little gentler than y'all's because I just want a movie to make me have a good, like, I just want to have a good time in a movie most of the time. Like, if I'm entertained and I have a fun time and I feel like that hour and a half was, you know, not one I'd trade for other things necessarily, like, off the bat, I'm I'm giving this a still good. Like, having never seen this before, I had a great time. My, 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 uh, again, I thought this was a Disney original, like, made-for-TV movie, so... The bar was very low. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, like, it, it very much exceeded that. Every, like, the cast is great. The soundtrack's pretty damn fun. And it's just a really good time. I, yeah, no complaints. Like, I mean, again, that 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 DJ scene's pretty rough. There are some dumb things. Like, the if the friend, best friend was in it more, I think you'd have more of that kind of, you know, the awkward side of the childish fantasies in it which that was kind of nice to have that character and kind of just push those out the window a little bit. Let, let's go, let's move along from this and go on to crazy capers. Okay. So to me, that all worked like, you know, it was a fun time. I, I too I, yeah. enjoyed it more than I expected it to. And that's worth a lot. But let me ask you a very simple version of this. Uh, Gavin, having just yeah. seen it for the first time, would you recommend this to someone else who hadn't seen it? Sure. I mean, it'd be, like, maybe a little qualified, but I'm like, yeah, this is a fun time. If you want to see something just charming and super, super 2000s, uh, yeah, I would recommend it. Okay. Uh, now we get to uh, my favorite part of, of any episode. Uh, Tyler, if you're a studio executive, you've... Uh, You've been very successful in your career in L.A., and you get to make whatever you want with the stipulations that they have to be from the existing properties. it has to be clock stoppers. <laughs> it has to be clock stoppers. Uh, you, can make, you can make a miniseries. You can make a sequel. You can make a hard reboot. You can do anything you want. You can make a video game. Uh, 
what do you do with this property to give us all more clock stoppers? We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s. Oh, it's not a remake, it's a reboot. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity. What the fuck is a reboot? So all they do now is recycle shit from the past. We're working on less of a shriekle and, and more of a screaming. Expect us all not to notice. I like it. Another! <laughs> And keep in mind, you can't just not do it. <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to make a gritty Clockstoppers reboot with Leonardo DiCaprio. Kind of <laughs> like <laughs> directed by Christopher Nolan. So basically it'd be like Inception, but a new modern version. Uh, and I think uh, we'd make a lot of money that way. So I don't know. I think it's possible. So in, instead of, I mean, I guess... Honestly, Inception would have been a better example of a Christopher Nolan time travel movie if you're going to compare it to things. In the same way that we've called Clockstoppers a time travel movies, people are moving at different speeds in the, in in their reality. You've got the different layers. Okay, you're right. The they all do move levels. forward through time. I'll give you that. No, but they're moving at different speeds, which is what's happening in Clockstoppers. And if you're talking about an Inception version of Clockstoppers, are you talking about just people are at different levels of hypertime? <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, I'm joking about it a little bit, but realistically, it would be kind of funny to see, like, a really serious version of Clockstoppers. Like, uh, it actually was kind of an interesting idea if you had a watch that could stop time. And, I, you know, as many time travel movies as we have, I don't think anyone's done that in a way that was not, you know, overly serious to the point where it was taking itself so serious that it was embarrassing. But to the point where it actually was an interesting movie, I guess the only thing I could think of was like would be like In Time with Justin Timberlake, which I really liked. I liked that movie a lot. But I think there could be a new modern version um, you know, if you know me, you know I like comedy. I don't really like serious movies, so I kind of like Clockstoppers because it was so ridiculous and stupid that that's kind of what made it funny. So if someone could make a modern funny version of that, maybe like um, the guys that made uh, the Lego movie in 21 Jump Street, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, if they made like a modern Clockstoppers, I would watch the hell out of that. I would love that. So I don't know if it's if it's possible if someone could make a funny version of it while keeping this idea, which I think actually is pretty original. Uh, I think that could be a pretty good movie. I mean, when when I'm in doubt for the reboot section, I do just say just throw it to Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Hell yeah! <laughs> Surprised me so many times by making reboots of properties that just seems like bad ideas like those 21 jump street movies pretty great right. lego movie all like just a bunch of things that shouldn't work over yeah. and over they're like now nah, we we got you exactly with a chance of meatballs is still a, probably the most impressive of those that i can think of like that's right. that's a yeah. picture book yeah that is a heartwarming uh hilarious adventure of a film yeah, but, like, yeah. the exception for that is I, I never would have thought, like, why would you make this? Like, this is perfect as it is. You're going to screw it up, which is not – I'm not saying that about 21 Jump Street, <laughs> but just, like, why would that story work today? It's like, oh, you're going to make it a comedy with Channing Tatum? But then it turns out that's a freaking brilliant way to approach it. I, I love that movie a lot. It's a good time. So you're just saying toss it to Phil Lord Miller? Uh, no, I had I had one, and I momentarily forgot it, so I'm going to let you tell yours, and I'm going to think while you're talking. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch pretty much anything they do. I'm so glad that Clone High came back because of this podcast. Oh I, my god, yeah, we saved Clone High. <laughs> we did it's it. incredible. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to, like, I'm thinking about, you could go, like, I don't know if you guys remember Blank Check, the film about the kid who, like, somehow gets a blank check from, like, an evil villain, and then, like, he's, so he just starts buying all kinds of crazy rich kid shit, but he's also being chased by, like, shadow people. I remember that movie. I thought you were referring to our, our podcast enemies, the Blank Check broadcast. <laughs> Because we compete for the the same base, yeah, know? yeah. So it's uh, you know, it's it's nice to have uh, you know, competitors at our level is really something that I'm 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 just glad they're out there doing their I'm thing too. Pretty sure Griffin keyed my car, <laughs> so like it's more power to him. It's a real thing. Um, but like so to me, like the thing I could think that could either go really fun or really bad is having it more directly go into like upscale hijinks. There's something very nice about this one being kind of more suburban, but like the spy version of this is his dad's a spy who has a super watch and he just like finds it on accident and like starts doing nonsense stuff with it when his dad's in very real trouble and like the stakes are just increasingly growing while he is out, you know, stealing the newest Walkman from the the mall that happens in the 90s. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of a way that there's something so pure about the way it is now. And I wouldn't want to see it set in modern day because I don't want to see computers in this movie more than we do. Like, I just want to see an iBook. That's all I want to see. <laughs> so I don't know. I, 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 I'm having trouble with this one. It's, it's, I don't know what I'd change. Let, I'd me, just, ask, let me ask you guys something. something. Do you think we'll ever get like early 2000s period piece movies? Like... Well, we're, we're That's about up to the see. point where they're going to start getting rebooted. Um, like, we had that wave of 80s movies that were rebooted. Uh, we're getting into the 90s. So, like, in the next decade, we're going to get weird, like, 2000 movies rebooted. I'm I'm waiting for that 10 Things I Hate About You <laughs> remake. Should happen any year now. It's just the cycle that goes on. But, like, they don't usually set them in that time. Like, it's still not long enough ago. But... Yeah, why wouldn't we get stuff? <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, the Ghost of Girlfriends past reboot. Uh, Matthew McConaughey did the original. Think we need a new version. I'm thinking Ryan Gosling to replace him. So I'm hoping that that happens. Yeah, it depends how long it's gonna take. It's probably gonna be Noah Centino. Um, yeah, no, I uh, so. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently as I watched The Little Things, um, which just left HBO, and is not a movie I'm necessarily going to plug for any reason, because uh, it's it's not great. But it's not bad, and I like all the people involved. Anyway, this is a movie that uh, takes place in 1994, and it does that because the script was written in 1994. <laughs> There's no other way. But when you have this sort of Seven-esque, like, serial killer uh movie you can't you can't just add cell phones to that yeah well, it, it's like that's... you have to rewrite the entire script the instant like cell phones or like cctvs or like more modern forensic stuff or just even like fingerprint files on computers that are easily accessible yeah serial killing got so much less fun you know after no. <laughs> jesus you know actually because you 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 didn't quite recommend that um one thing i was thinking about when watching this too was if you all are unfamiliar with it there's the comic series called sex criminals sex criminals yeah which 
plays a lot with the similar vibe. Like, there's a lot of similarities between Clockstoppers and Sex Criminals, and which I believe Sex Criminals is being adapted. But that is something that would be really interesting and potentially very fun to see um, a movie or show of. Like, and that's yeah. that's also because that's better than the idea I had in mind, which was <laughs> again a gritty reboot of of Clockstoppers. There's a movie I like a lot and talk about sometimes called Repeaters, which is a mm-hmm. time loop movie. But it takes place in a um, in a rehab clinic. So, like, when these people get trapped in a time loop and there are no consequences, by, like, day, I think just the second day, like, they're just, like, most time loop movies have, like, three days before they're like, oh, shit, we're in a time loop. This is, like, day two's happening again. It's like, well, time to go do some heroin. <laughs> and things just get worse and worse as there's no consequences. And I am interested in, like, all right, what if a clock stoppers? watch gets into the wrong hands not the wrong government hands but just like a shitty person who's willing to learn a lesson <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but no i just i just think the clock stoppers uh reboot should be uh, a sex criminals adaptation <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh where they uh spoilers for sex criminals not really but the hyper type that they go to is called Come world <laughs> so that's fun yeah you know when you achieve orgasm, time stops. You all know the story. Sorry, I can't hear you over over Taylor's uh, <laughs> dropping his glass of water. I'm on mute. Why is it making noise? You're not even remotely on mute. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just drinking some water, okay? It's not a big deal. It's like comical. The 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 mason jar or whatever he has is like so big that his hands are a full feet away from each other. I have as... small hands. It's not the size of your hands. It's how far they are away from each other. Or you're saying it's like Definitely. an optical illusion. It's an optical you're, illusion. I have small you're saying hands. it's a normal size mason jar? Yes. It's a very small person. It is. It's a very small good. mason jar. My hands are just very small. So we'll work with it. This movie has a fucking 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, which shocked wow. me. Yeah, audience wow. score is higher than that. Don't worry, it's 30%. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I found Fantastic. out this morning. I thought it was going to be like 56 or something. Like, it's, yeah. it's an enjoyable movie that's not great. I, I but, would expect uh, it to be like a 62 to 68. Feels yeah. about like, you know, right? It's passing. But, uh, it's yeah. a good time. It's not that bad. I mean, it's, it's better bad. than three ninjas. It's, it's, <laughs> it's quite average. Here's the thing. <laughs> While I ended up enjoying this movie more than I expected to, and like, yes, I put it better as a memory, but like, I, I wouldn't take back my 90 minutes. Um, every, every other movie that I remember from this time period, I'd be terrible, terrified to recommend without rewatching it, because like yeah. it's a part of my head that like is fond of Agent Cody Banks, and I'm I can guarantee every Frankie Muniz production that is not Malcolm in the Middle is trash. Yeah, the thing that freaks me out is like the really uncomfortable like jokes that they make in the early two thousands movies that are like obviously racist and sexist. Like those things that were like, oh, like I like this movie, but I don't think I would recommend it to anyone because of those jokes. So that's the only thing that really, like, prevents me from being able to recommend those movies. Because I think Clockstoppers didn't really have anything particularly inappropriate in it compared to a lot of movies that I like from that era. No, compared to other movies, no. Like, it's got, like, the kind of weird dynamic of, like, no, this is perfect. She's new in town. This is my chance. Which is, like, a trope as old of time. But it's, like, you know, it's it's not healthy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. that's just one step beyond of like, oh, look how drunk that girl 
It's coming from someone that grew up watching like American Pie and those movies. Yeah, so which you know is a contemporary to this. Like that's just, exactly. It's not worth me getting upset about. It's not. I like. I didn't even bring it up in this. Plus, it gave me my favorite pickup line of all time, which is, "Hey, rock climbing lady, you'd have the time." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, all worth it in the so, end. So, is it good? Is it a good movie? I we just actually we had don't that know. whole. <laughs> we just did the whole. Is it? So I need to, re- to We need to reiterate it. <laughs> is it good? I don't know. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> I will All add right. very, very quick that uh, "Did It Get Wet" would also have applied perfectly to our training day episode. So, like, maybe we can incorporate it more. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> All right, so that's two still goods and my better as a memory because uh, I don't know. I'm more honest than you guys. Wow. Wow, so I'm just dishonest. I'm a dishonest person for liking this movie. Yeah, but we had you, you on because you you're very entertaining. Oh, thank you. <laughs> if you want to be entertained by Tyler, where where can we find you on the... Do you have anything you're working on? I know it's quarantine. People oh, are trying to stay busy. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything I'm working on right All now. Right, you can fine. follow me on my Instagram. I'm hipsterdwarf on Instagram. So All right. that's how you can follow me. Uh, my plan is to hopefully make something funny relatively soon but in the current moment i'm mostly just getting drunk in quarantine and not accomplishing much of anything so no promises but you know maybe maybe i will do something we'll find out follow me on instagram if you want to see do you have a cocktail you'd like to plug uh it's a red blend (laughs) a red blend of uh, 19 crimes wine it's really good Cabernet. Did not expect you to reach under the desk and pull out alcohol. <laughs> I highly recommend drinking water from a massive bottle. I feel like this is the best way to drink water. When I drink water from a normal glass, I feel very disappointed now. I'm like, I need more water. So if you want to drink a massive amount of water, get a big glass. Just drink like this. Oh, he's really going. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. That's my recommendation. And then watch uh, Master of Disguise and Kung Pao. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you'll love those movies. You can find me at Hold for Playing on, on various things. Still not still not doing much. I'll let you know when I am. Uh, I'm going to counter-recommend not watching Master of Disguise. Gavin. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Okay, no, it is a terrible movie. But it's funny, though. It's funny if you're really high and drunk. So. Kung Pao really holds drunk. up really good. Kung Pao. Highly recommended. And I'm going to recommend a nice uh, Dark and Stormy. Hell yeah. I love a good Dark and Stormy. Um, Yeah, you can follow me at Gavin V. Murray on most things. Um, I just released a little teaser video for Spooky Mansion's new album that will probably be out by the time this podcast airs. So go peep that. It's called The Curse. All right. And what's your alcohol of choice? Oh, um, I don't know. Just like a a good uh, total more do, just with some ice in it. It's good. It's classy. All right. Fresh. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us in Hyper Time. Uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, wait.
she cares.